Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 17, I want to read this. And um, man, I'm just excited about this new year, uh, at least for myself, uh, you know, and I'm excited about it for you because I really feel like this is an opportunity for us to get a new attitude on what's coming. And for us to re-gear and regroup. When I thought of today, I thought, man, I want to give a word that would, that would get them excited about going through that doorway this year. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse number 17 says this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Thank God it's his spirit, not something weird. Come on, we're getting God's spirit on all people. And I love that, that he says, I'm going to pour myself out on all people. You should hund- highlight that. You should underline that because that means all of us uh, register. All of us can apply. All of us can be under this thing of getting God's spirit poured out on us. I love that because God is not McDonald's. Like he's not, he doesn't have a kid's meal section. He doesn't have a, hey, you've only been saved one day. You only prayed this much. You only get, you get an angel. You get a, God says, look, I want to, I'm just going to pour myself out on all people. This is good news, guys. I I don't know if this is good news for you, but I'm, I'm telling you, this is good news for us in this room who haven't been perfect, who don't have it all down, who say, man, God, you're going to give me the same thing you give that perfect person. God says, yes, God's going to give you, uh, and, and and people are probably going to be jealous of it. What God gives you is going to be extraordinary. God wants to pour himself out on you. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Come on, you've been prophesying lately? The Bible says that we're going to do it. We're, we're, and, and to prophesy means it's not about being spooky and weird. It's, it's about speaking life where there's death. It's about, it's about talking from heaven's perspective, not our earth's perspective. Like, like you can prophesy over your wife. You can prophesy over your husband. You, you can prophesy over your work. You can prophesy over your job. Anybody need to prophesy over their job? Come on, speak about what should be, not about what is. Come on, your young men, your, your, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Then he says, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I love that. And I love this, this wording here because in the original language, the word see is the word reha, which, which is more than just seeing it. Like you see this Bible, right? You see it, but you may, you may or you may not touch what you see. The word reha is different than just to see it. Young men will, or we can say young women and young men will see visions, it's different than just see it off from far. It means to touch what you see. Young men and young women will get visions, will see visions. In other words, you're going to get to live in what you see, not just see it. And I have to tell you that because I don't know if you're like me, if you got a lot of visions. I don't know if you're like me and you got a lot of dreams and you're like, is God just messing with me? You ever feel like God's just messing with you? And, and in fact, he's kind of a little mean. 
Like he keeps giving you these dreams and then there is no way you can achieve them or live in them. And then you kind of settle for, well, maybe that's just for like when I'm dead, like it's going to happen. Or maybe that's for my kids or that's for somebody else. Or maybe I ate bad pizza that day. No, God is saying, I'm going to pour out my spirit and you're going to start seeing what I see for you. And what you see, you will eventually live in. Let me ask you this. How important is your vision? Well, here's the promise. Whatever you see, you're going to live in. So if I was the enemy and I wanted to destroy your life, where would I attack you first? Because whatever you see, you shake hands with. If I want you to see something down here, stand in what I see for you, I would first give you a vision of that. And you would eventually walk towards it. I don't know if i got a witness out there of someone who's hated themselves. Someone who's felt like they're worthless. Someone who's felt like maybe there's nothing for you. You know, you're like, yeah, I got some visions. (laughs) They're not kind of visions we want to share at church. I got some visions of me dying. I've got some visions of me failing. I've got some visions of me being a screw up. I got some visions of me being unloved. I got some visions of me being the black sheep. So I'll just embrace these visions. And so we embrace these visions and we live in what we see. Well, I came today to give you a new vision. Come on, I came today to change your perspective. To say, yeah, you do have that vision. But let's get some God vision over your life today. You say, well, what does God see? Well, God, God has big vision for you. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, for we, somebody say we, come on, touch your neighbor and say, that's you too. Come on, not just me, that's you. For we are God's, what does it say? We are God's embarrassment. We are God's, what he turns his head from when he sees us. No, we are God's what? Come on, do you see that? Come on, sometimes you got to see it. You got to read it out loud. You got to profess it. You got to proclaim it. For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. I I don't know if you felt like a bunch of pieces. But good thing he's the master of the piece. He always takes the pieces and creates something amazing. This means that God is an artist. This means that God is creative. This means that God is not afraid of the arts and needs everything rigid. This means God thinks outside of the box. This means if you try to put God in a box, God will say, I'm Jack out of the box. Come on. Our God does not operate in black lines. He operates outside of the realm of our understanding. Our God is creative. In the beginning, God had a boring service and read a couple of scriptures. No, in the beginning, God created. It's okay to be a Christian and be creative. In fact, it's not okay to be a Christian and not be creative because we look like him. He is creative. You're too creative. Well, sorry. <laughs> look at my, my dad. I'm looking like my father. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I affect you like that. I'm sorry. You need me to be more rigid and like everybody else. He made me unique. He made me special. And out of everything he made, he deemed me his masterpiece. Now, this is, the masterpiece is, is unique because no one else picks the master's piece. 
Like, like they don't paint a whole bunch of paintings and the whole world goes, let's bow. That one is our favorite. No, that's not how it works. In fact, that's why it's called the master's piece. Because it is handpicked, not by the crowd, but by the master. Yeah, because if it was up to us, we would have said his masterpiece is the sun or the solar system or maybe the smell of coffee because he did create that. (laughs) Praise God for the smell of good coffee roasted at the right temperature. Thank God for the things he created. He created the breath in your lungs, the crush you're crushing on. Be careful not to like that 32-week-old picture. It will get awkward. He, He created... He created that, that feeling you get after you've accomplished something. He, he created the dreams that you have. He, he created the atmosphere we breathe in, the eyes that we take in all the colors that we haven't even explored that are out there. He, he created it all, and after doing all his paintings, they said, pick your favorite one. A lot of work in that one. But let me say this. You are my master's piece. But why? Please tell us why. Oh, I don't need a why. Because it is up to me to pick, not you, not the crowd. You, you, you can't approve it or deny it. It is only the master's job. You say, why is that? Because you didn't paint you. So you don't get the judge. Only the master gets to judge which piece is his favorite piece. His, his, and, and the masterpiece is the one that the master puts up and says, if there's anything the world remembers me as, let it be this. And God says, you and I together are his masterpiece. You know why? Because he's creative. Creativity at its base is the ability to take less and do more with it. I know you thought you needed more, but if you have more, you don't have to be creative because anybody could do it. But true creativity comes when someone takes something that no one else could see valuable and they see intrinsic value. And because their hand has now touched it and their eye foreseen what was coming, now others begin to see the value that they never saw that was always there. In fact, I got this shirt on. I got it from the Goodwill. It has a weird picture of a guy smoking crack on this side. I got it. I didn't know that he was smoking crack. I thought he was holding a piece of toast, but he's smoking crack. And so I thought, well, I got it from the Goodwill. I can't wear a guy smoking crack. That's not probably going to be very pastoral. So I got creative. It sat in my closet for a while. And I said, well, maybe I'll flip it inside out. So I flipped it inside out, and I had this old T-shirt, and I cut it. And it didn't anymore because anybody have those fat and skinny clothes? Okay, awesome. Praise God. Uh, So I've been getting muscles, praise God. So the shirt didn't fit anymore. I didn't want to scare anyone. And so so I cut it and I sewed this on the front. And then the other day I was wearing someone's like, wow, where'd you get that shirt? And now, uh, if you want it, I'll sell it to you for $100. Amen. Praise God. But but what I did is I took something that I could have thrown away and I saw something in it. You know what that's called? creativity. 
You serve a creative God. When God looks at your life, he goes, I don't want you to have everything you need. In fact, I'm more excited that everybody else looks at you and passes you by. I'm more excited to pick David than the eldest brother. I'm more excited to pick Joseph than the top who should have got it. I'm excited to take the least likely. I can take the most abused, the most abandoned, the most hurt, the most wounded. I can even take ashes and make them beautiful. Watch me work my magic. And whatever I call a master's piece, you can believe it, baby. The price is going to go up. In fact, you're priceless. Not because of you, but because his spoken word over you. You changed the moment he spoke over you that you were his masterpiece. Come on, I don't know if that excites anybody in this room. I don't know if that gets you fired up, but I'm fired up to go into 2019 knowing that I may not have picked me, my family may not have picked me, my friends may not have picked me, but God chose me. And if God chose me, let God be true and every man a liar. Go ahead and keep lying about me, but I'm going to let God's truth be what it is about me. Come on, I'm believing at Fearless that we would, we would be people, men and women, who see, hear the inaudible, believe the incredible, and think the unthinkable. Come on, if we're going to be fearless, we're going to be a fearless community this year. If your, God, if your God dreams are smaller than seeing the invisible, hearing the inaudible, believing the incredible, and thinking the unthinkable, then it's not a God dream. Come on, I need some God dreams to arise in this house. Come on, our world needs some God dreams to arise in this house. Come on, God promises in the last days I'm going to pour out on you, and you're going to get dreams and visions. Come on, I know you had some dead dreams in the past. Good thing we serve a God who raises the dead. I know you have some crushed dreams in the past. Good thing we serve the God of the master's peace. Come on, you got a lot of pieces, but God's going to make it a masterpiece. Do you believe that? Look what it says in this. He said he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do, somebody say do, the good things he planned for us long ago. God is a visionary and he planned good things for us long ago. But in order to walk in them, we got to do. We are not human doings. We are human beings. But wherever you be is your journey. What journey you on? Because we've been talking in this series, I'm a believer. We're thankful that we're believers. But even the demons believe, and they shudder at the name of God. So with that truth in light, we've got to go beyond belief. We've got to say, man, I want to I go beyond belief this year. I want to go beyond just being a believer. I want to go beyond just the cross. And I want to step into the God-given destiny over my life. I want to step into his vision over my life instead of my vision over my life. Any, I got a witness out there. I got a, anybody, any believers out there. So I, I want to say this, that a true visionary, you don't have a vision. A vision will have you. When you get a God vision down inside you, it will have you. And, and, and to a true visionary, sometimes the vision God gives becomes more real than the reality you live in. And if it doesn't switch, you won't make it. The visionary is called to future things. I, I want to say this, that any vision that you have this year cannot happen unless you apply action to your vision. 
Here's, here's a quote that, that we can write down or just kind of get in our spirits. Is that vision without action is a daydream. I'm, I didn't come to talk to the daydreamers. I came to, wa- to talk to the vision walkers, right? Vision without action is a daydream. How many of you guys know some daydreamers? Come on. A lot of talk, not a lot of walk, talking about it, never being about it. Come on, let's, let's be a group that says, I'm going to put action to the dreams that God has given me. Let me say this, but action without vision is killing time. Some people, they, 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 don't, they don't have any vision, so they just start acting. They just start doing things because everybody else is doing. Look, we have one resource that is more valuable than any other resource in our life. It is time. When you lose time, when you kill time, it's gone forever. If you lose five bucks, you can get five bucks back. If you lose $500, you can get $500 back. But if you lose five minutes, you can never get five minutes back. That's not to beat you up over the time we've killed from having action without vision. But that's to encourage you about the time we have left. Come on, I know you're still alive. You're still breathing. I know we wasted a lot of time. We killed a lot of time because we had no God vision over our time. We were just actors in roles called the American dream, actors in roles called relationships. But what if we got a God vision for our marriage? What if we got a God vision for our singlehood? What if we got a God vision for why we were at that job? We could put action with vision and have destiny. Come on, anybody want to walk out their destiny? Anybody want to walk out the God destiny over their life? Ecclesiastes 6.10 says this, everything has already been decided. (laughs) Thank God. It was known long ago what each person would be, so there's no use arguing with God about your destiny. Romans 11.29 says this, For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. So we know that action plus vision equals destiny. We know that God has a destination for us. There's no use arguing about it with Him. There's no use wagering with Him about it. He has a destiny pre-planned. Sin destroyed it. Life destroyed it. Their sin destroyed it. But God said, I'm going to send Jesus to make you new so that you could do all that I planned before sin ever had its way, before life ever had its way, before their abuse or their words or their hurt or their rejection ever had its way. I'm going to send Jesus to set the clock back on the call I have for you. So let me ask you this. How great is that call? If he was willing to give Jesus so he could set the clock back, how big is it? How vast is it? And here you are thinking, I'm just a peon in God's kingdom. Well, good thing God said even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than even John the Baptist. What does God have for your life? That if you were to catch a God vision, hear the inaudible, think the unthinkable, believe the incredible. What could happen if you tuned into the frequencies of heaven this year 
that haven't stopped since the day Jesus died on the cross. You know, I was driving to Galt, California this week, and they were all excited there because they got a new Starbucks. First Starbucks ever in Galt. Thank God it was an upgrade from the coffee shop they had before. It did the trick. Not very good, but it worked. Amen. And I was in line going through Starbucks, and the lady was like, aren't you so excited? We got a Starbucks. I'm like, "Uh, not really, but thank you for being here. I live in L.A. Praise God. I was, I was driving to Galt, you know, that boring long ride through nothingness. You know, I ran out of playlists. I had all my Spotify playlists and then my Apple music that I've canceled just started playing old songs. I started re- reminiscing. I was playing Family Force 5. I was rocking out to some rock fist. I mean, it was awesome. And I got to the point where I got so tired of music that I just tried the radio. I don't know if you've tried the radio in a while. No, it probably doesn't, maybe doesn't work anymore. I used to have an antenna. My antenna got broken off in a car wash. And so I get lucky. And so I just scan. And then sometimes I just listen to the white noise. Anybody ever do that? You're just kind of so tired. You just, anyways. So I'm scanning. It's just going through white noise. And it gets caught on a, on a, on a opera, operatic like type station. And I'm just, I'm, I'm cruising along. Christy's asleep. I'm just starting to listen to opera. Man, I'll just go, you know, I can listen to opera big boy, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm 39 now, so, listen, so I'm just listening, I'm taking in the chorus and the melodies and all this stuff, and Christy wakes up, and she's like, what are you doing, you're listening to opera, I said, I can listen to opera if I want to listen, I like opera, you didn't know that? You know, what's funny about that opera music, it came into my car, and it filled my whole car, and it affected other people in my car, you, you know, what's funny about that opera music, it was playing all day before I tuned in, it was already broadcasting, I simply had to scan and connect with the frequencies that were already happening. There was some guy in a radio station that all day long he had been programming and channeling and broadcasting to someone who would listen. And I picked it up as I was driving. Can I tell you this? God is broadcasting over your life a personal message to you about vision and life and joy. And some of us have been listening to the wrong playlist. Aunt Josie gave us a playlist of abuse, and Uncle John gave us a playlist of rejection, and that relationship told me I'm not valuable, and we've been playing it on repeat over and over, and I came to let you know it's time this year to get some new musical taste, to say, God, I'm tuning into your frequencies this year. God, I want to have a God vision. I want to be a believer who has vision, but not just me vision. God vision will always make you love somebody else. God vision is bigger than the visionary. God vision will outlive you. It's bigger than you. It doesn't end with you and it doesn't begin with you. It begins with God and God completes whatever he starts. And he wants to give you vision this 2019. He died on a cross for your 2019. He said it's worth it. What I have for them to shake hands with is worth it. So this year we have a choice. Either we live off his vision for us or we live off of God's vision for us. It'll just happen, right? It just happened because, you know, destiny just happens. You know, this is a book of destiny. We're here just here in this book of destiny. This is an awesome book. It is not one thing. It is not a book of destiny. 
Like, you can't just read it and just put it in your life. You know, when I was younger, I thought, just, as long as I just have a Bible, then I'll be okay. You know, I just had like four of them. I got one from the lost and found. I had a precious moments one. As long as I just have it, it's in the proximity of me. It will rub off on me, and I'll just start living it. And I, and, and I felt holy because I underlined stuff. And God's saying, I don't care what you underline. I care what you live under. If you put your life under this word. This is not a book of destiny. You can't. Ju- this is not a church of destiny. You can't just come to this church, sit in a seat, and then walk out your destiny. You have to be a part of the story of destiny. This is not a book of destiny. This is a book of decisions to the destined. In fact, I'm not even going to call it a book. It's a love letter about decisions. It's a love letter to the destined about decisions. You have a destiny, but your destiny is up to you. You say, well, it's up to God. It's decided. No, no, it's up to you. God is in charge, but he's not in control like that. God is not a controlling God. If he was, he would have slapped the fruit out of Adam's hand. You silly boy. Why are you looking off at that girl? You focus. You pay attention. Don't eat that fruit. And we would never be in the mess we're in. But God said, no, I'm in control. I'm not in charge. Like that. I'm going to release charge to you. I'm going to release authority to you. I'm going I'm to give the earth to you. I'm going to give authority on the earth. When God got the keys from death, hell, and the grave, he didn't keep them. He gave them to Peter. What, were the, what do keys represent? They represent authority. God has given us authority. Come on, he has a destiny for us. He has a dream for us. But it's up to us to walk in that dream. It's not just going to happen because God wants it to happen. And people say this all the time, man, if God really wants it to happen, it's just going to happen. God really wants me to get married. I'm just going to get married. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get ready. I'm not going to prepare myself. I'm not going to become a wife. I'm just going to be a girl. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. God's, if God wants me to get married, he's going to send a wife. I'm just, I'm just going to be lazy. I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to work on my, 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 my hunger for God. God's just going to send me a God. No, no. You have to be a part of the story. This, this is not saved by works, but now we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Come on, if we, if we have a dream without works, it's a daydream. Look, I'm not talking to the daydreamers today. I came to talk to visionaries. I came to talk to future Walt Disneys that live in. It's going to take work. It's going to take hard work. You're going to have to be a part of this story. Look, this is not a book of destiny. It's a book of decisions. Look, because, because destiny... It's not, a, it's not a product of just showing up. It's already been decided, but you've got to be a part of it. It's not a book of destiny. Because I can't just have it. I can't just go to church and all of a sudden I'm in my destiny. This, this, it's because the Bible is not the seed of destiny. The seed of destiny is character. How will you hold up your destiny if you don't have character? If God hands it to you, you're going to screw it up. That would be great if God just handed me a church that was changing the world. But if, but if I'm not the same person in the dark as I am in the light, then how am I going to pastor a church that wants to run in the light? 
Character is what helps me with my destiny. If I have character, if I'm the same person when no one's looking. Look, God is not judging what you wanted it to be. God's judging the intentions of our heart. Come on, what did I intend to happen that I didn't tell anybody why I was manipulating this situation? Look, your character matters. Our character matters if we want to live in destiny. Right? How many have been hurt by someone who walked out their destiny but had no character? And you didn't know it till it was too late. Yeah, my pastor, he had a moral failure. There must have been something going on in his character in the dark that we didn't know in the light. And then all of a sudden, one day we were all affected because we were a part of that destiny. I don't want to be a person that just walks in destiny. It's already been decided. I want to be a person that has character. Look, I don't, I don't care about pastoring a church. I care about making it to 80 and still loving Jesus and still loving people and still believing for great things. Maybe 102. I don't know. Right? But, I, but in order to get there, i got to keep working on this. i got to keep saying, God, help my character to be better. And, and, and the Bible isn't the seat of character. Habits are. Whatever you do over and over again determines who you are. You're always late. You got late character. You're always lying. Right? I don't have to say, look, whatever you do over and over again determines what your character is. Actions form your habits. Whatever you choose today might be what you choose again tomorrow. Whatever you choose over and over again becomes the habits that you become. And the habits you become forms your character, and your character either, you're going to get to your destiny, but it determines how long you'll hold your destiny. Will you be Samson, or will you be Joseph? Here's, here's how one person said, will we be a shining star, or will we be a shooting star? I don't want to be a shooting star. So how do we determine actions? Decisions determine actions. I decide today, right now, right here, determines the action I'll step out. Doesn't the Bible say multitudes, multitudes wait in the valley of decisions? What is the Bible? The Bible is a love letter to the destined about decisions. What I decide to do. So let me tell you this. Whoever ultimately controls your decisions controls your destiny. So let me ask you this question. How do you make your decisions? What's your crowd? What voices are you still living with? Well, I'd love to step out for God, but, man, they said I really can't. So I'm too dirty, too, not fast enough, not strong enough, so I'll just stay here one more year. So it's not a big deal. God will work it out in the end. If God really wants me to go there, then he'll work it out. No, no. God, God, is, God is not, he's not in charge like that. He's given you authority. Look, he didn't slap the fruit out of Adam's hand. He let him eat it. He let him make the decision. Why? Because God's not mean. He's not manipulating. He's not controlling. He's released authority to you. He's entrusted you with the destiny he died to give you. What will we do with this destiny? Every choice matters. Every day matters because every day determines my actions. And my actions determine my habits. And my habits determine my character. And my character determines how long I'll hold the destiny God already has for me. That thought matters. That second look matters. I'm not trying to get religious. 
I'm trying to say the only way you're going to make it on making good decisions is to get in the love letter and have relationship and realize that he's not going to leave you, not going to forsake you, not going to abandon you. You ever been to Disneyland? They got these, these signs, you know? If you're under 5'4", you cannot ride this ride. Most of us will be abandoned, you know? Under 3'4", whatever it is, right? But, but in small riding... Under some of them, it has added words. Me and my son walk up to the thing and put them in there. We didn't read all the sign. Oh, you don't fit. I guess you can't ride the ride. And as we're walking away, sad, the lady grabs us. And she goes, oh, you didn't. He can ride. Wait, wait, I, thought, I thought you had to be. Oh, did you not read the whole sign? We go back, and the sign says, unless you're accompanied by an adult, you cannot ride unless you're over this height. So all of a sudden, because of me, there was a new ruling over my son, even though he wasn't mature enough to get on the ride. Let me tell you this. I know we can't do it. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. He came to be the height required to get you on the ride. Let me tell you, I know you shouldn't be on this ride. I know you don't deserve to be. I know you sh- there is no way you fit the height requirement. But because of God stepping in and saying, let me help you with these actions. Come on, I'm going to help you decide what you know is to do that's right to do. I'm going to help you walk out good habits. I'm going to help your habits turn into character. And I'm going to uphold your destiny. Come on, every time it gets heavy, you're going to look next to you. I'm going to be smiling, saying, son, they don't see me, but I'm here. What will you do this year? Come on. What will this become in your life? That means we got to wake up careful with every decision. We're not just standing on the outside watching someone else live our life. We are co-heirs with Christ. We rule with him. He's not the king of peasants. He's the king of kings. You are kings and queens, meaning you have authority on this earth. You have power and rulership. You can decide. No one else decides for you. No one chooses for you. You choose this year whom you will serve. You choose this year to walk out the call of God on your life. You choose this year. You know what? 2019 is going to be my year. I prophesy over it. I speak life over it. I'm destined. I'm chosen. I'm the master's peace could have chose the sun he could have chose the smell of coffee but he chose me he likes how I smell he likes how I look you can judge me if you want but he is the great high judge and he has already ruled over my life he has a calling no one can wipe it off you can't remove it I'm gonna get there one day and I'm not just gonna stand there for a second I'm gonna uphold that destiny and shout Jesus thank you for listening If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.